This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Jab Cross Hook, a fan-sided fight show with your hosts, Ian McMillan, Amy Kaplan, and Reed Wallach. Hello, friends. Welcome to the UFC 276 edition of Jab Cross Hook. Uh, after a week off, it is myself, Amy Kaplan, Reed Wallach. We are back uh, to talk about this week's stacked, stacked, stacked UFC card, UFC 276. Uh, and also, we have uh, Bellator fighter Lucas Brennan will be joining us uh, in about 15 minutes. Uh, and then we will be doing uh, our classic bet draft for UFC 276. And this time, we'll be joined uh, by Dan Stupp, who's a senior editor over at Action Network. So another four-person draft today. we got a loaded show. Excited for it. Hello, Amy. Hello, Reed. Amy, I believe you are reporting live right there from Media Day. Is that correct? Yes, Media Day just wrapped. I'll give you a little bit of a view of what this room looks like. Wow. Mm, so fancy. Yep. So just wrapped. I've got lots of good information to share with you guys. Excited to talk. Lots, lots of good information. As always, uh, usually gets, gives you a little bit of an edge uh, in the betting draft because you have some information that myself and Reed don't have. Uh, so we'll get into that, uh, I'm sure. But as always, uh, we start off these shows uh, with asking what we drink. Amy, I assume you're not drinking anything since you're there. At uh, they're not, they're not, not handing out beers there at the media day, are they? No, just my iced tea. That's it. Nothing fun. I haven't been able to drink in a while. At least while. it's something. Yeah. Uh, Reed, what do you got? What did what'd you raid the beer fridge for today? Are you still back on the Bud Lights? Are you changing yeah, up the strategy? Still, still Bud Lights right here. I'm not in an as exciting place as you guys. Ian, I know you're on vacation. You're, you're still where you were vacationing. Amy's obviously at media day, so I'm still in my room just hanging out. I go away tomorrow, though, so that's, like, more exciting. So I guess, like, this what is, like, my, my night before. Where are you going? Family got a house out in the Hamptons, so living la- living lavish. Okay, for Reed, I I didn't know this. So little family summer house. So I'll be recording next week live uh, from the beautiful sights of Southampton. I didn't know we had a Hamptons guy on the show. Uh, I assume my 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 invite to the I assume my invite to the Hamptons house just got lost in the mail. Eh? Where was my invite to Halifax? Not, nothing there. Well, I mean. Uh, like an hour-long drive to Hamptons. I mean, you could you, if you wanted to join me for the 15-hour-long drive to Nova Scotia, you were more than welcome. <laughs> Maybe all next, my time. next time canceled. you go back, I'll join. All my flights got canceled. It was a disaster. What was supposed to be flying from place to place in Canada has turned into a road trip. I drove 15 hours to Nova Scotia, four more hours to Cape Breton, four more hours back to Halifax, and then another uh, 16 hours to uh, Waterloo, Ontario, which is where I'm at right now. So I've driven a total of, I think, 48 hours in the past 10 days. So uh, a lot of driving, but I'm on vacation. I have my vacation (laughs) shirt on. I have my vacation painting in the background. And I don't have victory wine, even though I won the last draft. Uh, cause I'm enjoying, I've missed East coast beer. So when I was back on the East coast, I got some of my favorites. Uh, this is a, from a craft beer place in Fredericton, New Brunswick called pick a runes. Uh, one of the OG <laughs> craft beer places in Fredericton where I went to school. And this is called a Yippie IPA, uh, one of their signature beers. So very excited to I get like some that. East coast beer back in me. So let's see, hopefully this doesn't break the streak. Cause I'm on a little bit of a run here. Not to brag. I think I'm on like a four draft bet draft run, but. Tasty. Nothing beats East Coast beer. All right. 
Let's get into it. Let's talk about let's talk about before uh, we bring on our guest, uh, Lucas Brennan, who uh, is a Bellator fighter. He'll be joining us here shortly. I do want to get into a little bit of a recap really quick because it wasn't a huge event. Obviously, we have a lot more to talk about the event coming up. But I missed it because I've been I've been driving, like I said, all over Timbuktu. So what happened in the UFC this past week? I mean, where do we start? There was a crazy main event. I would say in any in any other year, it could be a fight of the year contender, but we just had so many crazy fights this year that I think it's not going to be in that discussion, unfortunately. But um, yeah, there. but there was some controversy, like always. Curious what you guys thought. I mean, obviously, Ian, you didn't see it, but Reed, I think you said you saw it. Yeah, I. so I bet uh, Gamrot to beat Shurukin, like money line and by decision, and I was out while the fight was going on. So I missed the fight and I was like, just checking Twitter, like kind of seeing what was going on and seemed like Gamera like kind of just lost the decision. And then all of a sudden he won by unanimous decision. So it's like, Oh, like, you know, something unanimous too. It wasn't like a uh, suspect decision. I went back and watched the fight. Seemed like one and two were pretty clear. Sarukian three, probably Gamera Four Gamera got knocked down, but then also controlled most of the round and five Gamera was clear winner. So I guess they gave Gamrot three, four, five, and he was the unanimous decision winner. Just watch, watching on the first pass, though, I thought it could have went either way. Wouldn't call it a robbery either way. If Sarukian would have won, I would have feel, felt like it was more of the just decision, if that makes sense. But giving it to Gamrot wasn't, like, insane. But really high-level technical fights. Sarukian kind of gassed out, I thought, in four and five. And... You know, both, in my opinion, those are two top, you know, and borderline five, definitely well inside the top 10 fighters, both guys. So, you know, I think give Gamrot, I said, he, I saw he called out Justin Gaethje. I think Gamrot rolls through Gaethje. So I think Gamrot proved he's a, he's a player in this division for sure. I mean, I agree with the decision. I scored it three, four and five for Gamrot. Um, I'm so sick of people saying robbery when it's a close fight like that. Like yeah. I don't, I can't even tell you a single fight where I felt like it was a ro- real, actual, legitimate robbery. Um, that just doesn't happen. It's not the case in close fights like that. Um, so I was, I was happy with it. I don't agree with you that he would run through Gaethje, but um, that was but high level. Fight I would like to see. I'm sorry. If he gets that to the cage, and I mean that cardio he put on, I don't think Gaethje could hold up. If he, I mean Gaethje could bomb him in the first round, but I, I was I left that fight very impressed with both fighters, to be honest. And yeah, I, I thought it was a great fight. Go yeah. back and watch it, Ian. Uh, I certainly will, uh, and I believe there was a big fight in the co-main event too. Was it Shavkat Rachmanov? I believe submitted Neil Magny. Uh, how did that look? Is he a potential future champion in that division? Yeah, I was going to say, somebody today at Me Today, and I should have written down who it was because now I can't remember. One of the fighters had said, I think it might have been Sean Strickland, which is scary that it was him. But I don't know. Don't quote me on who it was. Said that if he spoke English, that he would be a bigger star than he is right now. And I think that's so true because he's such a great fighter. But I think because it's hard for the audience to kind of connect with him because he doesn't, he's not able to kind of like trash talk and like, have be a personality he just has to rely on his fighting um but yeah i definitely see future champion not i'd say like two or three years not like right away but yeah i think he's definitely going to be somebody we're talking about a lot in the future 
And and just for some quick context, this guy is 16 and 0 uh, in his MMA professional career, 4 and 0 in the UFC, and he hasn't even had a single fight go to decision. 16 fights, 16 wins inside the distance, uh, and it's not like he favors one or the other. He has eight knockouts and eight submissions. So this guy uh, is legit. Like I said, I haven't watched the fight yet, but I mean, a submission win over Neil Magny is uh, certainly no joke. Read any thoughts on Rekmanov? Yeah, I I think Amy hit the nail on the head, but I mean. You know, Neil Magny was supposed to put up a fight. You know, this was supposed to be, like, kind of a test. And he, like, just completely ruined him. Like, just de- destroyed Neil Magny. So, you know, if that's supposed to be a test, what happens when he starts, like, really facing some of the better fighters? You know, Neil Magny's more of a gatekeeper more than anything to, like, you know, the rankings. So, you know, I think, you know, this guy could run all the way up to the top of the division, in my opinion. But I agree with, like, if he spoke English and was kind of a little bit more charismatic, which, like, it's not his fault, but – you know, that's just how it is. You got to book the, you know, flashier fighters. So, you know, I think he is at a little bit of a disadvantage. And I think that's like an intriguing conversation. Just like how you market yourself kind of lets you run up. I mean, we get into it, but like main event for this weekend, you know, Jared Cannonier, kind of more of a quiet fighter. Took him a while to finally, you know, break through. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's an interesting conversation. And last fighter I want to bring up from this past weekend, Umar Nurmagomedov, brother of uh, Usman Nurmagomedov from Bellator and the cousin of UFC lightweight champion or former champion, I should say, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, he also improved to 15-0, 3-0 in the UFC. Uh, decision win, though, over Nate Manis. Uh, thoughts on Umar Nurmagomedov? Is he as dominant as his cousin was in the UFC? Does he have an issue uh, with maybe not being as ex- as exciting as some other fighters? Talk to me about uh, Umar Nurmagomedov. Amy, uh, start us off. Ooh, this one's hard because I used to think that Habib was boring. And then just out of nowhere, I kind of like figured it out. Like I figured out whatever else saw. And so I think maybe that's the case with Umar, that I think he's just, I just need to like figure it out a little bit more. I think he needs to almost the same kind of thing. He needs to be a little bit more charismatic. He he needs to, um, he can't rely just on his fight. He needs to have a little bit of trash talk or he needs to have some sort of personality that we can, we can kind of, uh, attach to. And actually in his post fight, he was talking a lot about being a new dad. And like, I think that that helped a little bit because people were like, Oh, he looks like he's like 19 years old. Like he has, he's a dad. And like, kind of like endeared you to him and that's what it was with Khabib like you kind of had to be endeared to him um but I can understand why people think he's a boring fighter just like a lot of people say Khabib was a boring fighter yeah I I could not agree more with that opinion I think like these fighters can wrestle and win their fights that way uh which is fine but you if you do that you do kind of need that um character that kind of something to, to hook people in so then even though you are only wrestling these guys and just kind of getting boring decision wins they still care because you have to make fans care one way or the other you can either do that with exciting fights or you can do that with your personality habib did it because he put on the hat afterwards and he used to you know do the whole habib smash kind of thing and send me location and like he kind of built up his uh like his brand a little bit uh which mm-hmm. started to make people care even though some of his fights weren't you know the most exciting fights in the world so uh, that would be what Umar needs to do. Read any final thoughts on Umar or any uh, any other fights from this past weekend. 
Yeah, nothing really uh, jumped off the page. I mean, Umar obviously just kind of absolutely rolled. I, I think he got a 30-25 scorecard also, just really like, dominant performance. I'd like to see him face, you know, like really start kind of climbing the ranks. No no disrespect to Nate Manis, but just need kind of a little bit of more more marketable fight, in my opinion. So, you know, we'll see. I imagine, you know, he was hardly touched in that fight, so I think he'll be fighting, you know, probably closer to, like, you know, September. He, I think he can get back in the ring. That's just my opinion. I have no idea what he's up to. Uh, all right, so that wraps it up. So we are going to talk about uh, UFC 276, but first we have on our guest who is ready to join us, uh, Lucas Brennan from Bellator, uh, just coming off a first-round submission win over Johnny Soto of Bellator last weekend, undefeated 7-0. Uh, Lucas, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Congratulations on the win. Thank you, man. I'm doing good. Doing good. I, I always have to ask after fighters have, like, crazy wins and highlight real wins. Is that kind of what you pictured? Because you hear like fighters kind of manifesting how they want their fight to go. Did you kind of manifest that or did you see it going a different way? Um, I mean, that was, that was more or less the, the game plan, you know, not necessarily that exact finish or anything like that. You know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't pinpointing anything exact, but you know, I was, I was hoping for a submission and, and looking for a submission and, uh, a lot of guys from Bellator were making a big deal that he'd never been submitted and whatever. So I, uh, I was like, yeah, we'll make a make a point of that. But um, no, no, I mean, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm just going out looking for a win more than anything, you know. We'll see. Yeah, Lucas. So two fights already under your belt in 2022, both first round submissions, and we were kind of just talking about this, like. What's the recovery time for a quick victory like that, where you know you go through a full training camp, but maybe the fight you don't inflict as much or you don't take as much damage or anything? Kind of a quick fight. Do you, are you trying to get right back in the ring? How many fights are you trying to do in twenty twenty two? Nah, I still I still take um, like my month, like mo- most of my recovery after from the camp. If anything, like like honestly, mm-hmm. tell me right now, hurt before the fight. Also, uh, like yeah. you know, I I didn't get punished once and. Uh, yeah, all my recovery is going to be from that. I'll have one more fight this year. You know, I really, I aim for three, you know, depending on when the first one of the year is, you know, maybe I get four. Like that was always my plan. And then COVID kind of scrambled some things up. So I had some big gaps in the middle, but uh, I mean like, like three a year is plenty for me, you know, and uh, I'm in no rush to try and do any more than that. Uh, now, Lucas, we are a betting show primarily, so we got to ask you, do you ever bet on the fights? Do you look at the odds? Uh, have you ever bet on yourself even? Are you are you a better whatsoever when it comes to the sport? No, no, my luck is not that good. I uh, <laughs> I, I like looking at it. Like, I, you know, I'll, um, I'll look at it every here and then. Um, I get a lot of messages about how no one bets on me because uh, the, the odds were a little too whatever. Like, I think this fight, they were all right. But the fight before this, like, it was negative two thousand, and they're like, "Yeah, like I'm not putting any of that." I was, I was like, "Okay, like, facts. like I'm not, I get it." But uh, no, I don't, I don't bet a whole lot. I, I, uh, I know my luck's not that good. So, uh, but I, I, I follow, I follow a little bit. Yeah, your last three fights, I just looked it up. Uh, you closed at minus eight hundred, <laughs> minus fifteen hundred, minus fifteen hundred, minus seven hundred, and minus six twenty-five. So even though you you won you're all those good. bets, you're not you're <laughs> you're, you're making it only a couple bucks if if they're betting on you. So <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. I've, uh, I've got some kids that I coach too. They're like, yeah, we'll put some money down. I was like, I don't think you, it's okay, bro. <laughs> 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 what if? <laughs> 
What about if you were an underdog though? Like what, how would, how do you think that would make you feel like, do you, would, would you pay attention to the odds in the sense of like, Oh shit. Now people are kind of seeing something different or, or is it more just a fun? No, it is more fun than like, I don't look at it. Uh, like even, even though I'm, I'm not the underdog in all of these, I don't look at it for like a confidence boost. Like, I just think it's like interesting. I, I think it's, I, I think it's almost some of them are like almost disrespectful to the other guy. Uh, like 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 obviously he's he's going out there to beat me. Like that's his whole game plan, right? So like uh, it really like kind of blows him out of the water. And like sure I I, I win afterward, but still it's like shitty. Uh, no, if it was the other way around, you know, I think that would just mean that my competition stepping up. And uh, no, I think I'd probably just look at it again just just for shits. But like it's uh it's it's not affecting how I feel or anything, you know. Now I, I gotta ask it I gotta ask you really quick just about your nickname, obviously. Skywalker. I assume you are a Star Wars fan or is it just a play on your first name? Uh I mean both. I'm not big of a fan as it makes it look. Like I do enjoy the shit. But like it's I'm not I'm not like uh as as diehard about it as it seems. It was more of uh something that happened here at our gym while I was a kid coming up and just, just I just kept it. Like I, I forgot about I forgot about it, and in my first amateur fight, they're kind of like running through all, all your all your credentials, and they're like, uh, like nickname, and I was like, ah, shit. But I was like, <laughs> I, like, like that. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. And I just kind of threw it in there, and I just kept it. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan, but uh, it, it's more of a more of a play with words, I guess, than anything. Would you ever change it? Do you think if it like, no, nah, Would it be, like superstitious to change it at this point. Yeah, I, I have a handful of things that like I haven't changed that I want to change. I love my walkout song, but I will not change it. Like it, it's, it's worked for too long now. Like I just have a, I have a handful of things that I was like, y'all, like maybe I would like it more if it was this or if it was this. But also, it's worked every time, so I, I can't, you know, I, I can't uh, play with it now. It's it's too late. The the time to change it passed. <laughs> so you you have wins by rear naked choke, anaconda choke. Is there a favorite one? Is there one that you kind of lean on? I know Rear Naked Choke has been kind of the primary one, but is there one we haven't seen yet that you think is actually your most dangerous in the lockdown? Uh, I mean, most, I would find, like, even though I'm getting mostly Rear Naked Chokes, I would find that I, like, like not necessarily a particular choke, but, like, any arm in variation from the front. Like, I did an uh, Anaconda a little while back, but, like, anything – Anaconda, Dars, even like Peruvians and such things are all my all my favorites. I just don't always find myself in the position to work them. You know, I, I had one that I was working on for like two years that I just did the fight before last, um, an assassin choke. But I've been I've been tuning it for forever and finally did it. And they're like, oh, it's brand new. Like, it's not brand new. Like it's, you know, I've been I've been trying to force this for forever. So uh, <laughs> I, mostly like those arm in variations or or. The most fun. Uh, I just find that three naked chokes have uh, come easier. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned your walkout song, and I noticed on your social media that you have an insane record collection. Yeah, is that your yeah. record collection? Because that's crazy. Uh, yeah, no, it's all mine. Uh, I have. Um, it's creeping up on like nine hundred, maybe. Uh, no, it's a whole. I, it's um like nine hundred of them. I have. The player i have um like 200 books and stuff like, like it's, it's a full room of, of stuff like there's there's too much to even 
describe in, in a short amount of time, but it's heavily OCD. Everything's organized, uh, super, super <laughs> and clean as shit. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's been building over the last like couple years. Do you have like a prized record or a prized book that's like your, you're like, I've, I've got a couple that are like, uh, probably the most, not necessarily even the most expensive, but the, but the most like worthwhile or would be worth a lot. Yeah. I got, I got like a wall of them cause I'm size of, I've got like, I've got like a particular setup of like 10 or 15 that are, uh, um, like the most, like, like I'd never get rid of them. Like I don't sell any of them anyways, but I would, I would not get rid of them. Like they, they took forever to find, uh, and I, and I'll definitely hang on to them and, um, like like first pressings and things like that, but um, not not one in particular. I I'm, I'm way too indecisive. My top five has twenty in it. So, <laughs> is there anything on your wish wish list that you're still looking for that maybe somebody watching has? Oh shit! Oh, off the top, <laughs> I don't know. I do have a list because I I do. I'm I'll forget things. Off the top of my head, I don't I don't know. I uh, I'm still missing plenty. I have my list continues to grow, unfortunately, as I find more stuff. I've just developed my Spotify playlist into a physical format. <laughs> like it's like it's all just I just moved it into like I can actually hold it. Uh, no, off the top of my head, I don't. I don't. But uh, any anything is uh, welcome. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask next about your Spotify playlist because you seem like you're well in tune. Do you have you have one? Is there one like fans could find that they could listen to? The profile will come up, but I've got like a hundred playlists on there, and they're like wildly specific. But I've got I've got a bunch for the gym. I got different like, like I'm at the gym right now. Uh, once once I'm done, I'll go hook myself up. But like I got different ones for everyone. Dif depends on who shows up to class, what class I'm running. Like every everything's very everything's very specific for for the day and like like fight day. Like my fight, I have a fight day playlist. I have everything for specific. Just like uh, just <laughs> everything's just. Kind of work. And I just have a random question, then the boys can get back to asking you about fighting. You have an <laughs> orange cat, is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I have an orange cat. I got to know the cat's name. Yeah, he's a little douchebag. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> a boy? A boy cat? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mine too. Cool. I, All right. I, I just had to, I was like, I. Opponents have. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. He's hurt me more than my last seven opponents have. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Yeah. This is this is definitely a pro cat podcast. I have a cat myself, so uh, love to hear it. Love to hear it. Uh so 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 what's next, Luke's, Lucas? What's what's kind of give me like kind of your short term and long term goals uh, in the sport? I mean. More, more or less, like, like you know, short term, just looking for another fight. You know, I, I'd like to get another fight in by the end of the year. Um, I've hated the – there's some gaps in between my fight, like six, seven, eight months from either everything closing because of COVID or me having COVID. So, um, you know, I, I'd like to keep my schedule how, how it's been going and continue to do, like, every, you know, four or five months have a fight coming in. And uh, long term, long term, I mean – as of right now, I'm just looking to continue doing that. Like, I have no one to call out. I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, talk a whole lot of shit or anything and, and make a big a big deal out of anything. I, I want to continue winning fights. And honestly, once this contract's done, because this question seems to come up a lot, once this contract's done and I, and I find later on uh, with Bellator, I would 
then start, you know, start knocking on some doors and then really trying to get in the rankings and whatnot. But it's, it's something I don't worry myself with yet. You know, I think everyone's goal, end goal, right, if they're really in this uh, to succeed, right, would, would be to get the belt, right, later on. But that's just, it's not something that I, I worry myself with at the moment, you know, because things change. You know, like, like when I first got into Bellator, the rankings were ridiculously different. And who had the belt was different and everything, you know, everyone's going somewhere else, right? The, the more fights I've won, the more I've seen either people retire, they move weight classes, right? So what, what good is it going to do me right now to say I want to fight so-and-so for the belt if by the time I'm there, they're retired, they've moved to the UFC, gone wherever, you know? So uh, really, really my, my only goals right now is just continue winning fights and continue doing so in the fashion that I'm doing so, you know, like respectfully like I, I have no shit to talk and i don't really have anyone to call out i uh, i love what i do and so i just want to continue doing that the way i have what now, about oh, was say what ahead, about Amy. something like boxing or wwe because valerie Lareda just announced today that she signed with wwe yeah, yeah like is that something you'd be interested in doing because bellator seems no 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 but bellator treats me uh exceedingly well uh they, they treat me better than they should and uh <laughs> While I while I think I have better boxing than I've needed to show, uh, I have no interest in, in moving over to anything else like that. And uh, I like my brain cells, and I like having them. And so I'll continue to fight the way I fight. And uh, nah, man, WWE, man, I just I'm too socially awkward. I got I got to go in there and talk to more people. Well, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Um, now, obviously, you just talked. You just talked about your boxing. You haven't really had to show that off really uh, so far throughout your career. Obviously, very few holes in your game, at least through your first seven fights. But is there an aspect of your game right now that you think, you know, an area that you have to improve on, or within the next couple of months, you're thinking of, oh, there's you know this one thing that I should be working on before my next fight. Uh, like I said, obviously, very little weaknesses so far. But is there any areas that that, that you're going to focus on, uh, kind of in the next couple of months? Um, I mean, I, I try and I've, I've continued to focus on and build on things that I haven't actually had to show, if, the, if that makes sense. Like, like, you know, obviously I'm not getting taken down by anyone at the moment. I'm not getting put into dangerous uh, situations at the moment. I'm I've, I'm 100% on my takedowns on the last seven fights. You know, I'm not really getting stuck on the feet or anything like that. But I, I work more boxing than I do jiu-jitsu or wrestling. You know, like I, I do more striking than anything else as a preventative. You know, like I, I do it. So I want to be good at it in the event that I need it, but you know my, my game plan stays the same. Uh, you know I work a lot off bottom, right? In the event that I, I fight a high level wrestler and get dumped, but you know it's all it's all preventative. You know I, I try to work everything as best I can and um, not be too confident in my jiu-jitsu. You know it's it's no secret that it's my game plan at this point. You know it's it's definitely not a secret that that's what I'm going out there to do. But there's no reason for me to get <laughs> what I have with it. And, to, and just kind of assume it's going to work for forever because you know there's high level jiu-jitsu guys and uh i you know, continue to move all around and um uh, make sure that if if i'm going to have to show off anything that i haven't had to use before that it's not going to be at a at a white belt level you know mm. lucas I so i know you're part of bellator but obviously ufc 276 this weekend featherweight title fight volkanovsky holloway three any opinion, any thoughts? I know you're not a betting man, but Volkanovski, of course, the favorite. Any thoughts on the fight? Are you keeping up with it? Any ideas? I'm gonna watch. I like Holloway more, but like it's 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 hard to it's hard to bet against Volkanovski, you know, like yeah. uh he won the last two, correct? Mm -hmm. I thought I thought one was questionable, but like still he, it's 
I do like Holloway a lot, though. So it's it's hard. Personally, I want Holloway to win, but objectively, you know, it's 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 probably Volk's fight. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna watch. I don't watch a whole lot of fights, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, but but it's a pretty big card, so I'll probably watch. Uh, unfortunately, Volk's probably got it, but I'm gonna hope for the. <laughs> Is there a reason why you don't watch too many fights? No, 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 no. I, I just uh, I just found busy. I I found that naturally I watched more growing up when I wasn't fighting. And that since I started fighting, I watch less. Um, like I, I watch when certain people are fighting. Like like I train with Bryce Mitchell, so when he fights, I, I watch. I train with TJ Brown when he fights, I watch. Uh, the guys from James Krause's, my guys, like when they fight. But like I haven't really gone out of my way to watch. Like like I miss a lot of fights all the time now. Uh, my dad watches all of them, so like if there's something he's like he thinks I should see, you know, he'll he'll send that my way. But otherwise, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just kind of like, uh, I'll see the results in the morning. Let me finish my show. I was, I was, I, at some point when I started fighting, I like, I like almost like aged out of it and just, and just kind of stopped watching quite as much. Um, no, no particular reason. It's just, it's just kind of, if it's something that, uh, piques my interest, I, I'll, I'll watch, but I, um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. All right, well, Lucas, I re- I really appreciate you coming on here. Once again, congratulations uh, on your win last weekend. Uh, best luck in the future, and, of course, we'll be tuning in and uh, rooting you on. So thanks again for coming on. Awesome. I appreciate it, you guys. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right. Interesting stuff. Good to hear from Lucas. Uh, 7-0. Uh, obviously, no fight yet announced in the future, but we will be keeping track of that official friend of the program, uh, Lucas Brennan. Yeah, I mean, he's been massive favorite. He's been, like, rolling, guys, as we lose Amy. But... We lose Amy. <laughs> and oh, she's okay. back. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, he left? Yeah. Oh, were you frozen there at the end? I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you kept, you kept like, a great, you kept like a great face. You just looked like you were, like, intently listening, like, saying goodbye yeah. and everything. It, and it was a great – <laughs> sometimes sometimes when your screen like when anyone's screen freezes like it's in a like a bad spot like you get stuck with a bad face but no you just look like you're listening intently so. <laughs> like you probably thought it was a bitch was like she didn't even say goodbye with a bitch <laughs> uh, but no yeah we signed off lucas um so we are just waiting on our next guest and then i think we'll get into the ufc 276 draft uh Amy, don't want to give away too much here from what you got from Media Day because obviously you might be using some of these strategies in the draft. You don't want to give us any hints, but any big takeaways from Media Day today? I mean, I do have two things that happened at Media Day that I don't think are like going to give anything away. Um, Max Holloway and Israel Adesanya were both given their USADA jackets, so they tested clean 50 times. So they get like a nice like Letterman's jacket. So they they did that ceremony today, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's, it's cool to see how important it is. And, you know, the people who give the tests, they kind of get tell like some stories about the fighters and, um, Jeff Novinsky is the one that gave Adesanya his jacket. He mentioned that after his last fight that Adesanya was like coming out of the octagon. He's like, where's my jacket? Where's my jacket? So it's kind of cool to see like that they get excited about it, you know? So that happened. Anything else for Media Day at all? Um, let's see. Well, I, mean, I don't want to give too much away. I guess uh, one word, worthy note was um, Sean Strickland being Sean Strickland. He came in completely roasted pretty much everybody in the room. 
there was probably a good 30 media today. Um, and he picked people out individually and either made fun of what they're wearing or what kind of car he thinks they drive or like what kind of hobbies they have. So it was kind of fun. So if you have a chance, you should go back and, and watch that. Amy, unrelated was- to the winner of the draft, but is it uh, Sean Tricklin, Alex Pereira, is that a number one contender match, you think? Assuming if, if Izzy uh, if Izzy wins, let's say, do you think Strickland versus Pereira, the winner, gets it? Yeah, I think so. Is that like the I vibe you were getting from Media Day? It, they definitely seemed like that was what they were fighting for. I so, agree. Yeah. So, it, I just noticed how dark it's getting for Ian. He's like slowly. It looks like one of those like, <laughs> old school nineteen forties like cop shows where he's like, being questioned. Yeah, he's yeah about it's to be blinded by the sun. Yeah. Yeah, this is obviously not my normal setup, but actually, like, now that the sun is setting, now it's directly in the window, and when it comes directly in the window, window oddly enough, the way lighting works, everything else is getting really dark, so and now I have the sun be directly in my eye, so I might get up and fix that uh, when I get a chance here, but um, I believe our guest is ready. Uh, we are going to jump into a UFC 276, uh, our bet draft, our weekly bet draft. This time we are joined uh, by Dan Stupp of Action Network. Uh, Dan, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if uh, Reed has ex- – did, Reed, did you explain the basic concept of the bet draft to Dan? Yeah, I gave like a pretty uh, base level analysis. I think Dan got the gist of it, but if you want to explain it for viewers and so Dan, just in case he makes sure he understands how it works. Of course, yes. It is a snake draft. We are betting uh, fighters for – we are – drafting fighters for this weekend's UFC 276 card. So when a fighter is drafted, nobody else can pick that fighter. Uh, And we will go through three rounds. It'll be a snake draft. So whoever goes first goes last the next round. Whoever goes last the first round has a back-to-back pick. Uh, And we are using uh, odds, uh, betting odds. And then at the end of the card, whoever finishes up the most units, or if we all do terrible, whoever is down the fewest units based on our draft picks wins the draft. I will say I think I am now the four-time back-to-back-to-back-to-back defending champion of the UFC bet draft. We'll see if anyone uh, can take me down this week. Uh, but that's basically what it is. Um, and I get I get to pick the order as a defending champion. Uh, Dan, any questions before we get started here? Nope, I'm good to go. All right. Um, uh, what order do I want to go? I think I am going to go first. I went first last time. I'll just keep that up. Uh Reed, I'll make you go second. Okay. Dan, you will go third. And then Amy, you go fourth, which means you then get the first pick of the next round as well. Um, are we, we did not clarify this. Is the first round prelims only is it, or is it all mixed in? I said let's uh, just mix it in. Mix it in. I think we've thrown away that rule of first round being <laughs> uh, prelims only. So we'll just, everything is available on the board right away. Um, and I am going to start. So first overall pick. I'm just going to tell the producers, and I'm going to filibuster here for a second because it is in one of the two title fights. Uh, It is in the co-main event. Uh, Give me the underdog in Max Holloway uh, against Alexander Volkanovsky. I believe the odds at win bet plus 155, so I'm going with the underdog in this one. To be honest, I actually like a lot of underdogs this weekend. Uh, And this actually goes against my normal strategy. I've talked about my strategy in the past of when rematches happen – uh, in the UFC, I generally almost always go with the fighter who won the last fight, or in this case, as a trilogy, the fighter who won the first two fights. But I just think when you're looking at it from an odds perspective that the, that the fights, the first two fights were too close 
to justify how big of a favorite Volkanovski is, especially the second fight, which a lot of people thought uh, Max Holloway won. It was a split decision. And I expected after those losses to Max Holloway kind of take a step back and not look as good. But he kind of looked, you know, as good as ever uh, in, in, in his, in, you know, two most recent fights. Set the record for uh, most strikes landed in a fight against uh, uh, Calvin Cater, 445. Yeah. Strikes in a fight. Like, I just think if we're looking at it from Nod's perspective, I think Holloway has the value, even though Volkanovski probably should be favored. The first two fights were just too close of a call. A couple things go the opposite way, or the judges see things a little bit differently. Uh, this series is 1-1 and not 2-0. So, uh, first overall pick of the draft, I'll take uh, Max Holloway in the co-main event. Yeah, I thought I thought Holloway won the second one, to be honest. I was on Holloway, so maybe I'm a little biased, but I, th- I think there's merit behind the pick. I do think Volkanovski might be hitting another level also, but I do we think there's any chance, I guess if someone takes Volkanovski, like any chance there's a finish here or it's destined to go to the distance again? I think the odds are shifted, shaded towards going the distance again. I would love to see it go the distance again. I think too uh, with Max, you know, he he knows that this is going to be his last chance. He's not yeah. going to get this chance again. So I think that, not to say that he wasn't trying those first times, but there's an element of like desperation there, which we can't underestimate. Things are going to get really crazy. That it's going to get crazy if Max wins, then because it kind of blows up that. That whole three fight series, we could be running this back eight or nine times. So we talked about who's going to win it out of ten times. We may get the chance to find out. Uh, Dan, did you think it was the correct decision in the second fight? Were you? Did you think Holloway won that fight, or did you think it should have gone to Volkanovski? I, I I don't know. I mean, looking, I think at the time I, I scored it for Holloway, but it, it wouldn't. I mean, I could see it going either way. I, I think probably. You know, looking back at it and stuff, Okanowski was probably, you know, the rightful winner. But uh, again, I think they fight 10 times. And I think Holloway wins enough times to justify, you know, taking a flyer on him at, at plus 160, I think it is. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Okay. Uh, what do I even say for the order? I think it's Reed, I believe you're picking second. So go ahead if you're ready. Yeah, it's going to me. I'm going to go main card. I'm going to go Sean Strickland. I believe it's even money right now. Um, yeah, even money. I get Alex Pereira's, you know, shooting up and he has this decorated kickboxing career and he beat Israel Asanya in kickboxing, but this is mixed martial arts, totally different game here. And, you know, Pereira, we have it on there. He's 2-0 in the UFC, 5-1 and in his MMA career. Um, I just think Strickland's a more complete fighter. We've seen him put on a pace over five rounds in the past. There's only three rounds, but... Pereira hasn't really been challenged just yet in the UFC. And I think Strickland's a more complete fighter. He's incredibly durable. I just think, yeah, at this price, you have to take Strickland. If, you know, Pereira doesn't knock him out in the first five minutes, what is this fight going to become? We know Strickland's a more proven commodity. So even money, Sean Strickland all day. This is a this is a no-brainer for me. I mean, I had Sean on my list, too, just because of the underdog status. But I, I, I think people really highly underestimate Alex, consistently underestimate him. Mm-hmm. I, w- I mean, I... It, he, Sean was far down on my list. He was like, in case you guys took my other ones. But um, I just think there's a reason this the odds are so close here. Huh? It's going to be a great fight. Yeah, and obviously for people who don't know Alex Pereira, decorated uh, kickboxer, only 5-1 and one right now uh, in his MMA t- career, but 2-0 and oh inside the UFC. So uh, we'll see how that shakes up uh, this weekend. Um, 
All right. If no other comments about that one, uh, maybe someone's going to be on the other side. We'll see. Dan, you are up for your first uh, first round pick. Well, you guys have taken two of my my favorite picks for the weekend, so I'm going <laughs> to. That, that's part of it. It's gamesmanship out there. I was like, okay, I got my four. I'm all good. But, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to go with Jalen Turner here. I, I got a much better price earlier in the week. I, I think there's still some value there. I, I still think it's the right play. Um, the height and reach advantage is obviously a, a huge thing, um, but I think he's facing a guy in Riddell who is very hittable. Um, I, I think Turner also has got uh, kind of some wild cards working in his favor. Uh, he's fought on a lot of pay-per-view cards. I think he's the type of fighter who really feeds off that type of uh, kind of that environment. He, he um, I, I think he's at his best when he gets all hyped up, and I think he's high enough on the card. The crowd's going to be there. I think he's going to get a really nice pop and – um, you know, we've just been seeing him getting better and craftier every time out. So I have no reason to think that won't be the case here. I've got him winning this, you know, maybe 70, 80 percent of the time. So even at, you know, minus 155, I, I really like a bet on him. Friend of the program, Jalen Turner. Uh, we've had him on the past. And I could tell from your immediate reaction, Amy, that that might have uh, probably actually I can guarantee was one of your picks. Uh, so there you go. So, yeah, so, Dan, we, we stole a couple picks from you, but then it looks like you <laughs> went right back and stole one from Amy. So, uh, yeah, you won't see me arguing against a Jalen Turner pick, like like I said, friend of the program. So uh, we'll be rooting for him for sure. Um, which brings us to the final pick of the first round. Uh, Amy got back-to-back picks. I know Jalen Turner was just stolen from you. Uh, hopefully you can scrounge up a second one because uh, you do got back-to-back because it's a snake draft. But what's your first pick? What's your first round pick? Okay, so – I have not been doing so well in these drafts. And part of that was because I was not thinking with my heart. I was thinking with my head. Okay. And I'm trying to type while I'm, while I'm talking, which is, uh, oh, my gosh, I cannot spell this person's name for the life of me. Uh, I'm telling the producers what it is. Um, so I'm going to go with my heart again because I have stopped doing that. I'm just going to go with my heart. Jalen was my biggest piece of my heart, and that was stripped from me. But I'm going to go with Gabe Green plus 145 i believe um i think he's another one that gets really underestimated and i think going up against who he's going up against has got like this aura of of like star on the rise and i don't know i just i can see uh gabe kind of giving ian a little welcome to the ufc so that's where my heart is a little bit lesser piece of my heart but still (laughs) yes because he, he is fighting Ian Gary. He's not going to, unfortunately, uh, you know, beat me. But Ian Gary is, is – he spells Ian the wrong way, unfortunately. He doesn't have the yeah. second eye in there. So he, he's he's not a brother in a name. Uh, I got to toss the him Irish the second eye. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Is it? I don't know. My, I, I don't know. No. Uh, it's like Scottish. Mine's Scottish, not Irish. So yeah. is, is that the difference? Is one Irish and one Scottish? That would kind of make sense. Uh, so Gabe Green off the board. He's the second final uh, – I guess the co-main – event of the prelims jalen turner's in the in the main event of the prelims the prelim uh, main fight uh so there we go let's uh, wrap up the first round did we all go underdogs no jalen turner was a favorite so three of the four picks in the first round uh are underdogs i went max holloway in the co-main event reed uh went sean strickland at even money just a slight underdog in that one uh dan went jalen turner minus 155 and amy finished it off with gabe green a plus 145 amy i thought you were gonna say uh, that you're going to change your strategy and you've been losing lately because you <clears throat> picked so many big underdogs. 
<sighs> I was expecting a favorite, but you're going to stick to your usual strategy strategy of underdogs. I like it quite a bit. Uh, uh, we are back to now the first pick of the second round, which is your pick again because of the snake draft. Amy, are you ready with your first pick of the second round? Yes. And, you know, I was because Jalen is a favorite, so he was going to be my favorite of my picks. Mm. But um, now I'm going back to underdogs. So, again, going with my heart here, I'm going Pedro Munoz who is fighting Sean O'Malley. I think he's a sizable underdog, and I think that's silly that he's that, that big of an underdog. Um, I mean, obviously, Sean O'Malley's Sean O'Malley, so there's a reason mm-hmm. why that's it is what it is. But I think that Pedro is not the type to uh, believe that hype and like live up to that hype. He's more of a, I'm just going to go out there and fight. He's um, faced, like, ugh, gosh, some of the greatest fighters. I think we lost Amy. We lost Amy for a second time. I will say while Amy tries to reconnect here that that was one of my picks. That was also uh, going to be one of mine. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe I should have taken Pedro yeah. Munoz instead. Yeah, I, while say, we wait for while we wait for Amy, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sean, I am like, I think I'm like, you're either with Sean O'Malley or you're against Sean O'Malley. I'm in the against camp. Like, I don't when he fights a real fighter that could actually stand and throw with him, like Pedro Munoz has never been finished in his career. I know he's, what is he? He's five inches shorter, seven inches less of reach, but I think Munoz could definitely hang with him throwing some of those leg kicks. Sorry, Amy. I was kind of, I was defending. I was making the case for you while you were reconnecting. Thank you. you. (laughs) We all agreed with you, by the way. Okay, good. Okay, good. Because the apex Wi-Fi here is shit. So I keep getting uh, logged off. I apologize. Yay, Pedro. Yeah, and and the one point I wanted to say, I was going to say when I was going to pick him, was that uh, when Sean O'Malley lost his fight, uh, if I recall correctly, um, he lost that fight uh, to Vera, and one of Vera's biggest weapons was low kicks, I believe. Uh, And that's one of Pedro Muniz's biggest weapons uh, that he can use in this fight. So, uh, yeah, he stole my pick, Amy. Yay, I love stealing picks. Um, okay, so Dan, it is back to you for your second pick. Uh, I don't know if Pedro Munoz was one of yours as well. Uh, hopefully not, because that would have been three of your picks stolen. But uh, who do you got for the second round? Okay, I'm going in uh, strict fade mode here, and I'm going with Jim Miller. I, I was hoping that this would have been lined a, a little closer than it is. Um, I think a lot of my rationale uh, for why I was picking Joel Lazan over Donald Cerrone uh, kind of applies to this fight. Um, you know, obviously at being at welterweight, I, I think a lot of people feel like that's going to benefit Cerrone without the weight cut. Um, I, I think he's already been to, through two weight cuts. I think he's probably a, a little annoyed that uh, he hasn't fought already. I, I just really kind of question his motivation in this fight. Um, but I think there's a lot of intangibles kind of beyond just the, the technical breakdown of the fight that, that really works for Jim Miller here. And this could be me just getting way off base here and, and reading too much into it. But we know these guys are, are fighting for the record for the most career UFC wins. And I think for a guy like Jim Miller, like that's something he can really hang his hat on. He's a, a durable guy. He's been around forever. He wants to fight at UFC 100, 200, 300. Um, he was never really close to a title or, or becoming a champion. This is something he can really kind of make his thing. And, and the fact that he's talking about fighting beyond this one. Um, but to be able to claim the record while knocking off the guy that you're tied with, 
I, I just think it brings a lot of motivation. I think it's a cool factor of the fight. I think a guy like Jim Miller uh, kind of feeds off those type of things. I, I think he's going to – I think both these guys are going to get an, a, a nice pop, and this is going to be a, a good crowd-pleasing fight. Uh, but I really like Jim Miller here. At minus 220, I'm not quite as excited about it. Um, but I think he wins this thing, you know, 80% of the time, if not more. I, I just really question Cerrone's uh, motivation for this. I, I just really like Jim Miller in this spot. Love that pick. I'm, I've am i been on record in the show being a huge Jim Miller fan. I like would die on the hill that he might be the most underrated UFC fighter of all time. Obviously, he hasn't gotten, you know, the, the, you know, the household, you know, recognition with his name because he hasn't, you know, fought for a title and all those things. But you're talking about longevity, you talk about exciting fights, you talk about, you know, the amount of wins, which you mentioned, like, Jim Miller is an OG legend of the sport that is still uh, performing at a high level still to this day. I love Jim Miller, one of my favorite fight fighters of all time. Uh, yeah, he was possibly going to be a pick of mine. Uh, so there's another, another potential one stolen for me. So yeah, I was, I mean, you guys know for twice I was on the Joe Lozon train. I was betting him round one knockout, all that stuff. So, you know, Miller, obviously a much, you know, now he's the favorite, you know, made Cowboy the underdog. So I'm going to have to find, you know, probably not going to lay it with Jim Miller, but I'll probably take like inside the distance round one, same stuff as Lozon and hope I could cash one. I think I saw he's like plus 400, 500 first round, first round finish. So I, don't know, I think Jim Miller is clear, like, I know they fought about the same amount of fights, but it's two different calibers right now, given their recent form. So I agree with the pick. Uh, right, Reed, that uh, brings it to you for your second round pick. Yeah, uh, I believe the fight right before Jim Miller. Uh, I'm going with, I'm going to, might butcher this one, but Dricus Duplessis, Duplessis, uh, small favorite against Brad Tavares. And Tavares got a split his last time out, wasn't super impressed. And I'm afraid he can't handle the offense from Duplessis. Uh, all of his wins inside the distance, all, you know, mix of knockout and submission. Tavares have been knocked out three times. I just, he's been knocked out by guys like Edmund Trebazian. I know he went to decision with Izzy before, but I just think Duplessis, this guy brings a lot of offense. Maybe he tires out, but I think he gets him out really quickly. I think Duplessis is kind of going to go on a bit of a run. So at this price, I, I can't justify Tavares except for maybe he just kind of weathers the storm and hangs on for a gross split. But I think Duplessis gets a finish here, so I'll take him as a small favorite. I agree with that 100%. I, I, the one thing I keep coming back to is just don't bet against Brad Tavares. I, I've learned that lesson the hard way many times, but <laughs> that doesn't really mean anything other than just that's something you've kind of learned. Because he's going to go to split decision and you leave it up to right. the judges. And you never know. In Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I guess that brings it to down to my final pick of the second round. I will say uh, I, I got to bring this up. V – uh, in the chat said thoughts on Gregor uh, Gillespie. When I saw that, I was like, is he fighting this week? <laughs> like, I didn't think he was. He's not. No. Any thoughts on Gregor Gillespie? <laughs> cool hair. <laughs> Nothing off the top of the head. Wasn't really in the, wasn't in yeah. the circle. Yeah. Here. Not, exa- not exactly a fighter I've been studying this week, unfortunately. So. He's got good tattoos, right? I don't know. Good tattoos, good hair, and is I think we'll leave it at that. Is the same person who commented like, a couple weeks ago about a fighter said this? <laughs> thoughts on whatever? I, I don't think it was, but there was. I think it might have been this yeah. person, but there was a commenter if a couple is, weeks ago that did, every week did the same thing. They were like, give me your thoughts on this fighter. And I thought, and I was like, is this person fighting? No, I'm not yeah. falling for that trick <laughs> twice. Um, all right. Uh, I will go next. The final pick of the second round. 
Uh, gonna go Brian Barberina as a slight <laughs> underdog against Robbie Lawler here. Uh, I don't have a lot of like stats or like technical kind of talk to, to back this up, but I, I I just think Robbie Lawler is just kind of done to be honest. Forty years old. Um, even in, the, in his last win against Nick Diaz, he just didn't look like the the Robbie Lawler of old. Um, I, but then again, I say these kinds of things. And it's come back to bite me. It's come back to bite me against like Andre Arlovsky. I just have I have a bias I can't shake against old fighters, even outside of Jim Miller, who is still young and hurt, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll take a, a much younger Brian Barberina who's still hungry. Robbie Lawler, to me, when I see him fight his last few fights, he looks to me like a guy who's just going in there to get a paycheck. Uh, like I said, even in his win against Nick Diaz, he just doesn't have that fire. He's not the Robbie Lawler that we saw go win the title. Um, and for that reason, with him being a slight favorite, I, I, I just got to fade him. He's just one of the guys that I just got to fade at this point. So, uh, And I like Brian Barberina. I think he, he doesn't kind of get the credit he deserves. So I'll take Brian Barberina as a slight underdog. I just have to point out that Brian Barberina had the, had really amazing nail polish. He had like a 4th of July themed nail polish and izzy also had a french manicure so there was some really nice nails today at media day for what it's worth how does how does it do do you do you think that uh helps their chances on saturday amy i mean brian barbarina's hands have fireworks on them so that's got to be a sign for something Yep. I don't know what the French nails mean, but we'll find a meaning for it. <laughs> um, all right, so that wraps up uh, the round two. Let's uh, recap the pick so far here. I'm rarely going with two underdogs. I've switched my strategy recently to more favorites, and it's worked out for me. I'm going against that strategy today, even with my next pick. Uh, but I went Brian Barberina plus 100 in the second round. Reed went Duplessis. Minus 125, Dan went Jim Miller, minus 220, pick close to my heart, and Amy uh, with her big underdog, Pedro Munoz, uh, plus 225. So that brings us to the third and final round. Uh, this is a pick that I didn't plan on making for my final pick, but it's a pick that I'm now forced to because the picks that I had ranked above it have all been selected. Uh, I think for the most part, we've all kind of been on the same page this draft, which is especially rare. Usually me and Reed are on different sides of at least one fight. We'll see if uh, that still happens by the end of this draft. But I'm going to go uh, Jessica I uh, as a, another big underdog. Doing, yeah. doing a, a, he, missed, he missed it. He was uh, shadow boxing back there for a minute right there. <laughs> Who is Sorry, it? I can't see. Who is it? Oscar of Mac Life. Oscar, do some shadow boxing. Yep. There he goes. <laughs> Boom. Yep. I'm betting the other guy. Yeah, but I'm taking Jess Guy against Macy Barber here. I don't know if – I think I just have kind of a, a bias um, against Macy Barber because of the way uh, that she fought against Roxanne Modafferi back in the day. Um, but I – I don't think she's deserving of being a minus 250 favorite. Well, this is another pick, two picks in a row. The picks I had where I had, like, stats to back it up were all taken. Uh, but Macy Barber, she just didn't impress me. She was, like, this highly touted prospect. She was going to be the next big thing. And then she went out and lost to Roxanne Modafari. Like, that was that was a tough display. I think 
she needs more experience. I think when she fights uh, girls like Jessica I, who've been a, like around a while and have very good fundamentals, that's when she loses. Like she can beat these more inexperienced fighters where she can use her natural ability to beat them. But I think Roxanne showed that if you just have very very solid fundamentals, um, you, you you can beat her. And I think that's what Jessica I has. So I'll take a shot at her uh, at two to one. Once again, probably like Macy Bar should be favored, but two to one, I'll take a shot. Any thoughts? Anyone on the other side? We'll see. I'm on the other side. Say, I, but... I have some. I have some thoughts, but it'll wait for the other side. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Then, uh, so Reed, it is back to you for uh, your final pick of the draft in round three. Oh shoot! I thought it was my turn, and I revealed my pick in the chat. Don't look. Oh, don't. Steal I won't it. take who it is. Let me see if it was true. No, it wasn't who I was going to take. Okay, so you're okay. good. I also forgot to send it in, but um, I'll filibuster. Um, so I have a favorite and I have an underdog I would give. So I'll just go with the underdog for the sake of going for the content. Um, and if he wins, I want to be on the side of it. I'll take Jared Cannonier at three to one. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not like super confident. I'm not going to call like confident, put my foot on the ground, say he's going to get the outright upset. I just see a path to victory. And who's the only guy in the UFC who beat Izzy Adesanya? It was a lightweight Yamahovic. Kanier fought at heavyweight, light heavyweight. He's going to be big inside the cage. I know he's a little bit older. He has given up reach, but he's someone that could close the distance maybe a little bit better than other fighters have in the past at middleweight because of his, I guess, unnatural path to getting to middleweight. I just think, I don't know. I'll take a shot. I think, like Ian, you even said, like, you didn't like how Izzy looked in his last fight against Robert Whitaker. Kind of boring. Like, what if Kanier lands one? Like he he pushed a pace against Kelvin Gaslam for the most part, knocked out Derek Brunson. I know this is Israel Adesanya step above, but it's a crazy price. Like I doubt he'll get a decision nod, but like what if he stuns him early and you know kind of takes over? I don't know. It's a, dra- it's a betting draft. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up. I can't bet on Izzy at this price, so you know I'll bet on Cannon here like the last second because I know no one's gonna be on him. I don't hate that pick, to be honest. Like, I feel, and I think I tweeted this yesterday, and like everyone freaked out. I said that I felt like there was going to be a big shakeup, and everyone thought that I knew something. And I was like, I'm just saying, I have like a gut react, I like feeling that there's like something big that's going to happen, and I feel like that would be, could be what it is. And I had that feeling ahead of Cyborg Nunez and ahead of Nunez Pena. So, what brought me to it more is where, like, Cannonier's background of being a lightweight and a heavy, a light heavyweight and a heavyweight. It just makes me maybe he'll be, it will follow that Jan Wojovic path. I know I'm not comparing the two fighters. I just kind of see that sort of path to victory, kind of being the bigger man. Yeah. I, I, I respect a big underdog bet as always. It's, it's not what I wanted to take, but I, I, I won't argue against it too much because, yeah, Izzy's. Obviously, shown. I mean, not a lot of holes, but he, he's he's not you know unbeatable, for sure. All right, Dan, are you on the, that, Dan, are you on the Izzy side or the uh, Cannonier side? I, I actually have Izzy in a, a parlay um, with Sean O'Malley. Uh, when okay. we were talking about that fight, I actually then nope. I had that fight on the other side. Okay, uh, but I got much better prices like on Sunday and Monday, where yeah. I feel like if you were going to bet him at this point, it, it's probably time to start looking at the other fan side. It's Jose, form, former editor, fan sided editor. Sorry. Hi, Jose. I am now the last. Uh, all right, Dan, that brings us to you for your final pick of the draft. Uh, who do you got? 
I, I, I'm sticking, man, I didn't plan for it to be this chalky, but it, it's staying pretty chalky. I'm actually going to go with Macy Barber here. Um, <laughs> oh. you know, I, I hate to bet folks just to fade the other person, but um, you, you had talked to that. You didn't like how Barber looked against uh, Roxanne, and I just kind of go that I haven't liked the way that Jessica Eyes looked against anybody. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've seen her make much improvement the past few years. I think Barber is probably still doing a, a, a little bit of improvement. I think ultimately she probably just forces this fight to the ground. She's got a, a kind of dominant enough top game where she could make this a boring fight and, and you know, drag it out. Uh, three rounds and, and clearly win two or three rounds. So I don't think it's going to be the most exciting fight. I, it's not the most exciting pick. There's not a whole lot of value betting someone minus 245. Um, but uh, again, I've seen nothing from Jessica I to, to make me. I, there's plenty of knocks on Barber. I just don't think there's enough positives or high, you know, to justify that. So again, kind of a barrel, bottom of the barrel pick. It, it wouldn't have been one of my first ones. But if I'm going to choose a side on that fight, I'm going with Barber. It wouldn't be a bet draft if I was not on the opposite side of at least one person. So I'm glad that you made that pick, Dan. Keep the tradition alive. Um, yeah, it was a bottom of the barrel pick kind of for, for me as well. I, I, I see your points. I uh, Obviously, Jess Guys fought, uh, I think it's fair to say, higher level competition uh, than M- Macy Barber so far. But still, you're right. I mean, if Macy Barber wins this fight... Uh, not to contradict my own pick, but I it, it, the wrestling, the top game uh, is kind of the route to victory for her, and she can definitely get the win that way. So uh, and we will see, my are, friend. Getting two to one odds on Jess Guy too. I mean that that would make it a much more right. a much easier pick, you know. So I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Amy, you gave your pick a little bit earlier. Hopefully, it wasn't one of the two ones, uh, one of the ones Reed or Dan just gave. But uh, the final pick of the UFC 276 uh, betting draft. Let's hear it. Well, I got to go with a little bit of tradition here. When Cowboy was originally scheduled to fight, God, I don't even remember who it is now. Whoever that was, I picked Cowboy. Yes, Joe Lozon. Yeah. Yes. And then when they were rescheduled, I picked Lozon. And now I'm going to pick Cowboy. <laughs> we're <Okay>. back. <laughs> yeah. Um, my reasoning for going against him the second time was because I felt like maybe that sickness was like a little bit of an excuse or like I was worried about him cutting weight again so close. But this, he's not going to be, you know, it's 170. Um, I don't know. I can't. I, I don't like betting against Cowboy. I just. I, I, it's one of those feelings. And I think today at Media Day, he seemed really confident. He seemed really relaxed. Um, you know, the, thing, the things he was saying in his first interview about his kids being there, being able to see him fight for the first time, and like that kind of a element um, is again going to happen now because he, they didn't get to see him last time. I don't know. I just. I just. My heart says Cowboy. I'm going all heart picks going with Cowboy again this time. I, I once Welterweight should help him. Should do him a solid and give him a little bit as we lose Ian. Somehow, I'm, I'm the only... I At least I made it with the three of us. But yeah, I yeah. mean, being up at Welterweight should help him with the weight cup, but I can't, I can't back you there, Amy. It's okay. You don't need to. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I back? You're yeah, back. you're in. All right. Uh, yeah, so there you have it. Uh, another head-to-head pick there. Don- <laughs> Go Donald Cerrone, then you win against him, and now you're back on Donald Cerrone. I like it. Uh, 
yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm Jim. I'm a Jim Miller guy through and through. So I, I can't agree with the pick, but who knows? We've seen crazier things happen. Uh, that's the conclusion of the draft. Let's uh, wrap it up with the final graphic so we can see everyone, uh, what everyone's draft is looking like heading into the card. I went three underdogs. Very rare for me, especially as of late. Max Holloway plus one fifty five. Brian Barberina uh, plus one hundred. Jessica I two to one. Uh, Reed's coming in with Sean Strickland plus 100, Duplessis minus 125, and then a big underdog in the main event, Jared Cannonier plus 325. Dan went uh, Jalen Turner minus 155, Jim Miller minus 220, and then Macy Barber uh, minus 250. Amy, uh, you went Green plus 145, Gabe Green plus 145, uh, Pedro Munoz plus 225, and then Donald Cerrone plus 180. Sticking with all three underdogs as well uh, in true Amy fashion. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Any any other big uh, topics uh, from the card that we need to touch on? Any anything else from Media Day, Amy, that you saw that you did not mention? Yeah, I just wanted to say that Izzy offered three million dollars to anyone who could provide concrete evidence that he has ever used steroids or knows how to use steroids. So get to work, guys. <laughs> Interesting. What did yeah. you say? What did you say he was offering? Three million. Wow. All right. I might have to get to work on that. Um, all right then. If that's everything, uh, thank you, Dan, uh, for jumping on for the UFC bet draft. Best of luck. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Stuff D A N N S T U P P, uh, and all of his work over at Action Network. Uh, best of luck. Like I said. Uh, yeah. And everyone enjoy the card uh, this weekend, and we'll be back next week. Talk to you then.